For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Most people would say like, either one, don't do fuck buddies or friends with benefits or two, don't try to make it anything more. For, for us, if you're not able to make love properly to one another, then I don't think we would have been in this at all. So do you feel like you got into it being like, I want you to be my wife and this is where we're starting? 100% no. 100% no. I was just like, you are a really cute girl who I get along a lot with. And the more I hang out with you, the more I want to hang out with you. Like the the spark was like, like how good the sex was, you know, like we had like really good sex. And then, oh, like, wait a minute, we can actually also really get along and like talk. I just heard a story yesterday of someone going on a first date and talking about attachment styles and then in real time being like, ah, that's not going to work for me. Because my attachment style is just different than yours. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, According to a Singles in America study, 55% of people have had a friends with benefits. And that's a relationship where two people agree to have a sexual relationship based on convenience and a social relationship without a romantic commitment. And so of the people in this particular study, 40% said that their friends with benefits, or at least one of them, eventually turned into a long-term love affair. So is that stat, along with the personal experience of the guests on this episode, along with my personal experience, enough to convince you that frequently fucking first and then figuring out the rest later is actually the way to go to form long-term bonds? It worked for me happily married now for three years. I believe that it is important to get to know the person first because I believe that sex can cloud your judgment of the person. I do believe in sex first, but only if I pick up on the vibe that your relationship material. I was only friends with benefits with people that I didn't see a possibility of like a relationship I'm kind of over that, to be real. I'm going to say, I feel like I'm just caught in this cycle of, you know, giving my body to people who don't deserve it. I've actually been with my partner for going on four years, and we started off fully as friends with benefits. I am with my current partner. The night I met him, he said he wanted to marry me. So, yeah, I went home with him the night that I met him. I think the key word is friends with benefits, friendships and knowing that you have compatibility with that person before sex is most important. I do not believe that it will work for me. I'm a Christian. I didn't mind that lifestyle for me in my 20s. I just feel like it did not help me build anything concrete. We were friends first and then really explored sex and then married and it was a complete disaster. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend I say. Hi there, lovers and friends. Welcome to the podcast. Name the same damn thing I just greeted you with. My name is Sham Boudram. I've been a public-facing sex and relationship educator for over 15 years. And if you add a few more zeros to the end of that number, you will get the amount of time that we have been fed the same love story. And that goes with the tune. You know it. First comes love. 
then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage. And this is known psychologically or formally as the relationship escalator. And the relationship escalator is a term used to describe the program chain of events and actions that lead to what we have all been told socially is a successful love life. So step one of the escalator is to identify a partner who is worth moving forward with to date that person casually but intentionally with minimal sexual activity. Step two of the escalator is to engage in a monogamous relationship with that person where you guarantee sexual exclusivity and romantic exclusivity. Step three is to continue to do things that protect the partnership at all costs, which often means removing other relationships and setting up boundaries to ensure that you are honoring the monogamous agreement. Step four is to become as enmeshed as possible with the other person's life. And then step five is just to continue the commitment. Step five, six, seven, eight, nine. And those commitments can be buying a house, having kids together, getting married, so on and so forth. And so for most of us, the escalator is the standard by which people judge our relationships. And in, as a result, the way we judge our own relationships to see if they are significant, serious, good, healthy, committed, or worth our time. And because of the popular adage, when you just know, you know, when you meet that person, you just know in that moment, a lot of us actually decide whether someone is escalator material pretty early on in our connections. And because of this programming, I actually had no idea that my husband was escalator consideration worthy material until seven months after we started hooking up. And that's actually for three different reasons. One, at the time that I met Jared, I genuinely was not in a place where I was looking to get an escalator with anybody. Number two, even if I did want to hop on with somebody, it wouldn't have been Jared because in the beginning, what I saw from him would not make me look any further if I wasn't also looking for a no strings attached sexual relationship that I didn't plan to have go anywhere. And the reason I didn't plan to have it go anywhere, which is number three, is because I had engaged in friends with benefits in the past, which obviously hadn't worked out. So I wouldn't have risked a good thing starting off on the bad foot um, in the way that I did with our relationship. At the end of this episode, I want to go into more details on each of these points and the unlearning that I did through them. But first, I want to share someone else's story. And this story is interesting to me because they might have been the first couple that I met who are married and have a very similar start to Jared and I. So meet Sifat and Nish Haider, the founders of Array, a natural supplement company, and their passion is to help people optimize their health and wellness. We are going into this conversation with Nish and Sif. Plus, later on, I'm bringing on two singles who disagree with the casual to committed pathway. And all of this is coming to you right after I talk to you about the sponsor of this episode. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Now to Nishin Sif. I'm already obsessed, guys. <laughs> I'm couples goalsing it. I'm shipping it. Come on. I'm in love. I'm in You've got couples so funny, too. Man. The two of you are just a joy. And I've got to start from the beginning because, come, okay, influencer, can you focus? <laughs> okay, focusing. So focus. Put your phone away. Too. I am. <laughs> away. We were talking on your podcast, Beautiful Conversation, and I mentioned that Jared and I started out as fuck buddies, and you were like, oh, me too. That might have been the first time I experienced that. So start from the beginning and don't skip details. Wait, that's the first time? No way. I think that are married. Friends with benefits and fuck buddies, I will say that. I differentiate. Uh. So fuck buddies is genuinely like, I wasn't even friends with you. I just thought you were hot, and this is how we were like compatible. True. I didn't even think of you as a friend. Oh my god! And we so funny. elevated to friends, and then da-da-da. so it's interesting. Nish was a surface level friend, I would say, like someone in our, like a college dorm, and I thought he was really cute. But I had a boyfriend when we <laughs> first met, and I would see him in the elevator. I still remember, like, oh, like he's like a cute guy, um, and didn't act on it for a long time. And then we were introduced just through mutual friends in the cafeteria. (laughs) And there was just a lot of chemistry. And then what ended up happening was we started hooking up and I was sadly still with my ex. (laughs) Yeah. And kind of a shitty thing to do. You were cheating. Uh, Like, because I was young, okay? (laughs) I say though that like, does it even count as cheating when you're that young? Well, okay, yes. here's a, okay, yes, but also. <laughs> At that point, I didn't. But also, uh, so we used to live in the same residence. And so literally you'd be living together, eating together because there's a cafeteria and stuff like that. So we're spending a shit ton of time together. And for Sif and I, I was just like, where is this boyfriend? So I actually didn't even know she had a boyfriend even when like many, many weeks into us meeting. It wasn't until after we became fuck buddies that I'm like, oh, wait, there's a boyfriend in this picture because I heard about this guy from someone else because that's how not present he was in like our day to day life. Is that true? You didn't tell me you had a boyfriend when you guys started having sex? No, it just never came up because we weren't good friends. You know, if it was like a good friend and they knew what was going on in my life and like they really knew me, then of course it would come up. Right. But like we were friendly we were in similar friends groups that had ov- that would overlap but more so it would like we'd go out together at night you know because it was like a big friends group in college yes. and so we'd be going out and like just doing fun shit like that you know and I was attracted to him and like of course it was a shitty thing to do right like in retrospect it was a really shitty thing to do it, it wasn't by the way planned or anything we were out like at a club and that's where we hooked up the first time yeah yeah and place called tequila jocks like what do you expect (laughs) and what happened is really immediately within a couple of months of us hanging out more and more and just like obviously becoming friends over time it was really obvious that we also kind of wanted to be in a relationship because it wasn't it was interesting and i still remember the switch that happened where like i told my best friends that were my my best friend that we were hooking up 
And I was like, nope, but I don't see it going anywhere. He's just like, he's like fun, you know, like he's fun to hook up with. But and like, obviously, I liked his company, but I didn't necessarily see it as or that's not where my headspace was, you know. And then over time, as we were hooking up, we're obviously spending more and more time together. And then I was like, wait, like, I actually really like him. And I remember that switch happening because it was nearing like the summer and he was going away to Calgary for the summer. I was, yeah. Yeah, he, he was going away to Calgary for the summer. And I was like, well, shit, like, I don't want him to like go and like hook up with other people while he's away. And like, I don't want to hook up with anyone either. Like, this is weird. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you go into something and you're like, I'm going to change a man. I don't believe in that. Right. But what I'm saying is there's beauty in the unknown. There was no real expectation from either party. It's just we were getting to know each other as this whole thing happened. And what we discovered along the way was how compatible we were and how much we liked each other. And I, I don't know, like, had we gone into any anything with the mentality that like, OK, this is what I want, like, I want to be in a relationship or not. I don't think anything would have happened between us. Yes. And I like we're 11 years into our relationship. Do you have any people who resent your story? Because most of the time what happens in these dynamics is Maybe they do agree at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And then a week later, somebody else wants something more and the other person doesn't. That's exactly what happens usually. And this awkward, toxic dynamic now ensues. And that's how we enter into an era of situationships. So most people would say like, either one, don't do fuck buddies or friends with benefits or two, don't try to make it anything more. So these success stories are rare. I know, I know. It's so rare and I, like... Uh, were we lucky? I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I think we were lucky for sure. But I also don't think that this is this is usually what works. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've had sex buddies in the past and that didn't work out. And when, when I think of that, it was just because it was truly just not compatible. And yeah. I think and when I think about it, it's, it's really clear because it was always you don't feel equally the same way to move along. And that's what it is. So if you feel that you're the you're the one who's catching feelings and the other person's not, then it most probably is not going to work out. And it, when it's clear, it's really, really clear. The thing is that it's usually actually not going to work out. But when it's clear, the other person wants to spend time with you. Like you're not just going over to have sex. You're going over to do much more than that or you're hanging out outside of just doing that as well. And it's mutual. It's very, very mutual. You want to spend more time with the other person and... Also, you're starting to click on other parts of life. Like that's just like we talked about before. But if those things aren't happening, then you're really just there to be fuck buddies. And that's totally fine. Yeah, I remember being in a situation ship as well. And there was like I had really good chemistry with this guy. I thought he was like really funny and blah, blah, blah. But I was obviously much more interested than he was. And I think when you're in it, it's like you're it's like you're blind and then you get out of it and you're like, but now I can see, you know, and it's like I was obviously trying to force this thing. I would tell myself narratives based on like a couple of texts, you know what I mean? And like make something out. It was like I was creating a story. Yeah. And so many times people tend to do that. But it's like. I don't know. You almost have to take like a bird's eye view and maybe have friends in there who are like, OK, like, are you really seeing what I'm seeing or am I just telling myself lies? You yeah, know, because I, I don't think like the advice here is like to go get a relationship from a fuck. buddy. I think that's actually bad advice. I don't think that is the way to go and find relationships. I think that if you're doing that is because you've found someone who you wish to further something with and 
or if you've set the intention that you're just fuck buddies, then like, I don't think you should try to make that anything more. Because if that's set from the beginning, it's usually that is not going to work out. And if you're actually getting into something and you're having sex as a, as a result of hanging out with someone more or as a result of seeing someone more, that is totally different than being like, hey, I want you to be my fuck buddy. And then, oh, never mind. I actually want, I see something more with you. I think those are very, two very distinct different scenarios that you're in. My favorite quote that I say a billion times over is like healthy intimacy is just one step at a time. And then you take a step and you look at each other and you're like, do you want to lay down here? Do you want to go back to the other step? Do you want to move forward? Mm. Should we go left for a bit? And instead of trying to like aggressively move forward, you're just taking this scenic, slow, intentional route, which allows you to one, move forward just naturally, or two, to end things long before you get frustrated that you're dragging the other person yeah. and like they've stopped walking 12 steps back. Yeah. And when it came to the relationship, it was really just about is this person a compatible and fun person to be with? And compatibility did not even have a deep meaning to it because at that that kind of when you're that young, it's just like, okay, are we having fun? Is this person being able to see me where I am enough because we were traveling a lot of the time. Well, Shan, do you remember when you came on my podcast, you shared this tip, like, which I think he's putting in different words, but like, it's the same thing, right? That like, if you know that XYZ is important to you, think about the type of people that do XYZ and then go hang out in that place. Mm. I think as you were talking, I was thinking of that, that the adage is like, love comes to those who aren't looking, which is half complete because it comes to those who aren't looking, but are fully living. So you have to lean into your interests, lean into your hobbies, lean into your values, live it, be out loud, be out there in the world, and then you're going to be around like-minded people. And like you said, it doesn't mean that you're going to stumble upon your perfect partner on day one. It means that you're more likely to be in the network of people who your perfect partner would associate with. And have fun along the way. Like, it shouldn't feel like this, like, horrible, like, teeth-pulling process. Yeah. Like, I think that it should be a fun thing. Like... Like dating should be fun. Like being in a relationship should be fun. And I feel like if you go into it with the premise of like such pressure and like anxiety, I think that that's the energy you're bringing into it as well. It's just a lot of pressure you're putting I on really yourself. I really feel the the energetics around this. Yes. I really, really feel that. Do you know where I want to go with this though? Because like I'm kind of like, I always try and think about the person who's rolling their eyes right now. Because I remember when I was in Toronto, yeah, I did photography. She's from Toronto, by the way, as well. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, I'm from oh, Toronto. Shit. <laughs> so I went to school for journalism, and oh, I did yeah. wedding photography as a way to like yeah. fund myself through school. Yeah. Didn't get a job afterwards, so I had to keep doing it. Yeah. So it was a thing that I did. Didn't love it, but I was doing it. And like, you make good money that way. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, money is so easy. People stress about money. It's this big thing. Like. They put so much pressure, just like be relaxed about it and money comes to you. And then I moved to LA and obviously I didn't have a network for here for weddings. I didn't want to start that because this, my true passion was talking about sex and relationships. So I had to reallocate my time and then money was so fucking hard to come by. Like I was continuously like $3 in my account. And I was like, what was I talking about? (laughs) Money is easy when you found a way to make easy money. Money flows when you are in a system or a network of thing where it's flowing. Like, so it's easy for you guys because you're 21. You met at 21. Yeah. So yes. the, circ- the stakes weren't high. You were in for sure. places where it was plentiful to find partners. You were obviously both good looking people. So 
the way that it was easy for By you. By the way, I have to say we did not look like this. Oh, I look so we were, bad. <laughs> so I bad. I was pictures, probably one of the ugliest humans really, ever. No, I'm, I'm telling you right this now. This is pretty bad we'll, for both of us. No, we'll you, were, you were cute. You were no, no, cute. Then we'll pull up an image. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. But anyway, you're saying, you're saying. But I guess the point I'm making is that like this idea that I have that idea too. Yeah. And I think actually when I turned 30 is when I started to date with that ease and fun and relaxation and curiosity. And I was talking this in your podcast that I would go on dates with just like, what can I gain? And it wasn't always a husband or a boyfriend or a fuck buddy. Sometimes it was information on how to distribute products in China, whatever it was, yeah. right? So I had that mindset and I just enjoyed the experience more. But I also didn't struggle for dates. I didn't struggle to get callbacks. Well, why do you think you didn't struggle? I mean, there's two stories to this. There is the way that I look and the confidence that I have, the background, it's the privilege element of the things I had no control over. And there's also the things that I did have control over. Well, the confidence piece, Shan, is I think that anyone can work on it. It's like a muscle, you know? Like I meet the most beautiful women with not one ounce of confidence and they really struggle when they're going out on dates or fuck the dates, you know? Like even when they're just out in the real mm. world, you know? And so, yes, like there is such a thing as pretty privilege and I want to recognize that. However, I've also seen guys who are like, maybe threes but have the we best all. personality <laughs> and oh my god it's like you know bees to fucking honey like the guy i mean you're a three but you look like suddenly after getting to know you a 10 so i feel like that piece of it like what you're saying about not struggling to get callbacks and stuff yes you're a beautiful woman but at the same time if your personality was shit I don't know how many callbacks you'd get. And even if your personality is great and you look great, but there's a desperation to you, there's also a psychological element that comes into play mm -hmm. when we come across somebody who's too available. Like we don't like the nightclub with no lineups because mm -hmm. we're like, why does nobody else want to mm -hmm. go in here? <laughs> the restaurant where all chairs are available, we're like, nobody else wants to eat here, even if it's great. So there is that element, I think, that comes into play where if you have a, I think LA teaches you that bar none. Desperation is... Our sixth sense is detecting desperate people. And there's something about that ick that you get when you're around somebody so, who yeah. needs something from yeah. you, whether that be a title or a future or purpose or love or even sex that I think is very repellent. You know, uh, a good example of this is, have you ever um, gone through a period where like for a long time you're like single and like you're just really fucking single, okay? And then you're like, I don't give a fuck. And then one guy rolls around and then all of a sudden it's like you are a magnet to so many people and yeah. it's not just men it's like job. jobs you are unemployed forever then you get one offer letter and then it's like six offer letters all at the same time and you're like where like why why are they all coming at once and i the only way to explain that is energy right because it's not an experience that is unique to me. I'm sure you've had it. I'm mm. sure you've had it. I'm sure anyone who's listening has had that experience. So like explain that to me in any way outside of the fact that it's like the energy that you're putting out into the world and like the ease that you're kind of navigating things with. Yeah. And I want to put energy in like something tangible because it is just your presence. That's another way of saying yeah. it. Actually, right. right? It's, it's really the way you put yourself out there. I, I think that's what it is. And so when I, when I think about it, for example, when I decide, okay, okay, I remember telling my friend specifically this. I was like, you know what, Tim? I think I'm going to have a girlfriend this time next year. So, and he's like, really? And he's like, why makes you say that? I'm like, I don't know. I just think I am. And when I remember saying that to him, and then literally Sif came into my life, 
less than a year from there. And it's just because I was like, yeah, I really want to, you know, put myself out there. I really want to meet the right person. I really wanted to um, have more fun in that part of my life. And when I went out to do that, like the way I put myself out there was like, hey, I am actually a really fun person. Like, let me also make your life fun by adding my presence in there. And hopefully you'll reciprocate. And so that's what I was doing, especially like obviously with Yusuf. And it's why we had so much more fun together. It was more so about like truly going out there with the intention of having such a good time and meeting the right person as a result of that. And that's what resulted in this relationship really growing more and more over time. But, you know, it wasn't about, oh, my God, I'm, I'm really looking for something here and there. Yeah. I think when you came on the podcast, you shared a stat which stuck with me. And I think that you should probably repeat it. Popping in because I want to formally cite that stat that Sif was just talking to you about. But first, I do want to tell you about the sponsor of this episode, BetterHelp. So are there every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Okay, now back to that stat that I told you that Sif was talking about. And that is from a short essay called Slow Love and Courtship in the Digital Age. Dr. Helen Fisher wrote that in America, 83% of men and 89% of women will marry by age 49. What makes that stat so remarkable to me is that you probably can't apply that to any other major life milestone. 89% of people will not buy their dream home. 89% of people will not land their dream job. So... To me, if we are trying to make an argument that this is a very important place that you can take the stress off and be a little bit more casual with, I do think that stat is important to keep in mind. That's a pretty incredible stat when you think about it, right? And it really does kind of take the pressure off when, like, even if you are, like, older when you're starting to get into this world or re-enter this world, you know? I just, I think, like, it's not just for relationships it's just a rule in life where I think the the presence that you have or the attitude that you bring to it is kind of what you attract as well um and it's the same thing that that's why I'm bringing up the job example right because for the longest time you can give off despo energy because of course you want a job you know and I remember my brother going through it very like pretty recently where he was just not being able to get a job offer and then he did and then he got two more and it was like how did this happen all in the same time it's just because when you get the first one then I think you just care a little bit less and it's like you're less desperate for it and people feel that yes well because I think everybody wants add addition to their life they want something to be additive and I love that you use that word like are you adding value and then once you add value in this area I'm like are there other areas we can add value for each other 
But if you're around somebody who needs, it's like they're taking from mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. not adding something to mm-hmm. you. For me, it was ambition. I knew that I wanted to be with someone who was just as ambitious as I was. And back then we didn't realize that we'd end up working together. But I just loved how smart Nish was, you know, and I was attracted to that, quite frankly, over anything else, because he was doing something very different from me. He was very mathematically inclined and basically his brain worked in a way that mine simply didn't. And I just thought that, okay, like this is a guy who's actually going to get far in life and I know I'm going to get far and like we'll that's, go further together. Yeah, we'll go further together. And I think that when I look at our relationship, like obviously back then it wasn't so formed the way that I was thinking, but I look back on it and I'm like, the reason Nish and I have lasted like this long, I think, is the fact that we are both so determined to growth, not just individually, but making sure we grow together as well. So I think like that was just such an important factor for me. I want to go back before we get there, because mm-hmm. I think the person listening to this is wondering if their fuck buddy or situationship can be the person they're sitting with on a podcast a few years from now talking so lovingly towards each other. So when you had sex for the first time, was that like, a oh, we have compatibility and chemistry here? And what areas did you not have compatibility that made you feel like I'm not even looking at you as a potential romantic partner? Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I think for sure. Because for the both of us, like the sexual chemistry was a very important piece of the whole thing. For, for us, if you're not able to make love properly to one another, then I don't think we would have been in this at all. And so when we first had sex and also for the first, in fact, few months, it was just like this is building upon everything that we, we were even thinking it would be. And that has made the relationship, given the relationship, a really strong kind of core. I think for us, the um, like the, the spark was like... Uh, like how good the sex was, you know, like we had like really good sex and then, oh, like, wait a minute, we can actually also really get along and like talk about a lot of, I guess, bigger than us topics. Like I thought that that was what was really interesting that we'd have sex. And then like, you know, even if he was around for like a little while longer, I'd like actually enjoy that conversation. We didn't actually end up going on our first date for what, like four or five months. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like we, we had no dates. Like it would just be like, he like one of us would be out and then like maybe a text would come along and it's like, Oh, like, what are you up to? And like, it would literally just be that. And then it st- it evolved into like sleeping over a little bit more. Right. And yeah, that's when that, we got to know each other. Yeah, We got to know each other, but also on top of that. So we would also do, we were doing a bunch of other things together. So we, we actually traveled really early on in the relationship. So but that, that was, was after, after we actually became in a relationship. Right, but this was still very, very early on. This is like six to eight months after we were fuck buddies, right? And so we go on a trip together. And so just more and more interests start aligning after that that very first instance of, okay, like really good sex. There's more to it. Because I don't think that would have done it for me personally because I was with you know other people before Sif and the sex was great, but that was really it to it. There was no compatibility when it came to intellect or um, no compatibility when it came to the ability to have similar interests that, or or even the future interests that we want to talk about. So there was no excitement apart from just the sex. And I think that for people who are listening, if they feel like, okay, like, should I even pursue this more than it is? I think the number one thing is like, are you starting to spend more time together than just the time that you are, you know, hooking up? Like is, is like your time together 
um, increasing because that's kind of what started to happen. And that was, I think, a green flag in my mind where I was like, well, shit, this seems to be going somewhere because, you know, now we're having lunch together and we've never done that before. And now he's texting me to come see him when he's like he was like um, overlooking the study period in like our residence building. And I still remember like these are like really like important memories because those were the things that told me like, oh, wait, like he must actually care to have me in his his life more than just like good, you know, good sex because he's wanting to hang out beyond even the time limits of us like doing things together. You know what I mean? It's so interesting because I actually clearly remember this. It was the in the early days, it was really just I was just so excited to hang out with Sif. I was, and w- whether it would lead to, you know, sleeping with her or not, it, it actually was not even the case. It was just like, hey, I am upstairs studying. You want to come study with me or hang out with me? Hey, I'm going to go grab chips from the store. You want to go walk with me to grab some chips? And it was just, I used, I was generally having more fun hanging out with her than a lot of my other friends. Or when I was hanging out with my other friends, it would be only value add when Sif, was joining us as well. So those were the feelings that I had from the literally from the get go. And that only kept increasing over time. So do you feel like you got into it being like, I want you to be my wife and this is where we're starting? 100% no. no. 100% no. I was just like, you are a really cute girl who I get along a lot with. And the more I hang out with you, the more I want to hang out with you. And the more I introduce other aspects of my life, for example, my friends, my interests, my um, intellectual interests, whatever that might be, you are consistently able to add value to those thoughts, to those feelings, to my friendships, to my physical life. And so the more I started adding in those complexities, Safe was always there and adding on value. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And we actually did, like, so we actually just got married, like, very, very, two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, we just got married two years ago. So of the 11 years, I knew that Sif and I were going to get married, but we actually didn't get married until very, very recently. And so I think that me thinking about her being my wife was not what I thought about. I was like, do I really want to be with Sif forever? And that's what I that's the way I looked at it. And I was like, yeah, I really do want to be with Sif forever. And this was, you know, the more we got in the relationship, obviously. But in the early days, I was just like, I want to hang out with Sif more. A couple of years in, I was like, yeah, I really see myself being with Sif for the long run. And then it wasn't until much later because, you know, we, I guess, because of cultural standards, you have to get married. I was like, okay, yeah, I guess we'll get married. And even, you know, there's a story of how Sif and I actually put in our wedding money towards the company instead of getting married because these are things that mean more to us. And getting married was not the most important thing because that is not what breaks or makes or breaks a relationship. But uh, that is... That is, I think, how we felt, yeah. How do you separate the two, though? Because how do you get together with somebody, enjoy your time, find them attractive, find them compatible, and not jump ahead to, gosh, I really hope that this turns into something more than what it is? I think at one point for me that happened where, like, we were just having a lot of fun. Like, there was a lot of chemistry. Like, you know, the the attraction bit was definitely obviously there. And I was really starting to enjoy his company And like, that's when I realized I was like, well, shit, like I like and that's what I was saying that when we went away for the summer, like when we were about to go away for the summer, that's when I was like, I can't just let him go and not say something, you know. And so that's when I brought it up because but it was four or five months in and I was 99 percent sure that answer was going to be a yes from him, too. It's just I it was like who was going to bring it up first, sort of. But 
I think that by the time that conversation even happened, like we were spending a lot of time together. It was pretty clear like that it wasn't just a hookup anymore. There was no, you know, hidden feelings that I have for her that I'm not saying to her or she has for me that she's not saying to me. It was, uh, it's, yeah, it was just like really upfront and open, you know? I don't know about that. <laughs> you don't think so? I don't think so. Okay, what do you think? Well, I think later on, yes, it was like more open, but I think that there was like, for me specifically, I didn't want to put everything on the line. You know, I was like nervous at the like earlier days when I was like, okay, like maybe this, maybe I may have feelings for him because I just like gotten out of a relationship. And I was like, is it really dumb for me to like jump back into one? Like I've not really had a big hoe phase yet. He was my hoe phase. And now do I jump into it with him, you know? But at the end of the day, it was just like, this is probably the most compatible person that I've ever come into contact with. And, you know like had to go down the path oh that's really interesting because for me Seth, i'm just like uh i wasn't even thinking about it in that sense because mm -hmm. i think you're thinking about a relationship i'm just thinking like oh i want to hang out with you more and i'm okay if that means we have to be in a relationship yeah, yeah. Like, that's the way i was thinking about it but uh and i was like okay and if it doesn't work out then we won't be in a relationship yeah yeah so <laughs> interesting it is interesting because maybe that's the difference between like the way we're socialized masculine and feminine wise because women have the pressure to make meaning out of relationships yes. and men are just like, it's about the experience. And so you were focused on that and you still have to have the back of your mind because you're going to be asked by your friends. Yeah. And Cause your I was like, and, well, what does it mean? You know, like, yes, I like hanging out with you and that's what we're doing right now. But like, what does it mean if like we, we like have a title on it. That's more than that. You know, it like, it's not just so casual in my mind, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it sounds cool that the time that you sort of felt the shift, mm -hmm. you didn't let that sit for a very long period of time. It sounds like this move, this summer trip was about to happen. You're like, okay, this might shift a dynamic in the direction that I don't want it to go. Cause I actually, when I think about it, want it to go in a more intimate and intentional direction. And it sounds like the time between you thought that and you expressed that was not that long. No, I think it was like a matter of like, a, like I still remember it felt like doomsday right? Like, okay, like this is my deadline. What do I say something before then? And it was like a span of like, I want to say like three, four weeks. And during that time is when we also started to like actually spend a lot of time together. So like we went on our like first official date and like, you know, he invited me out with his friends, like his like not friends in our residence, but like external friends. And I was like, this stuff means something. So like, I don't know, like I, I can't just not say anything anymore, right? Because also I think timing is everything. And I think that if you don't do something at the right time, then like it degrades a little bit. There's just a time for everything. And I just, I even still to this day, I feel like that. But at that point I was like, if we don't act on it right now, what if we go away for the summer? And like, I don't know, it just like becomes just this like hookup that we had. Like what, what happens now? And to that timing piece, do you think that if you entered into this connection and expressed, I see you as more? Nah, that's too much. It's for, I, I think for maybe for me personally, probably you yeah. as well. I think it's it's too much. Yeah. It's like you don't know each other enough to make that judgment call. It's it's like too soon. It's just too soon. And I think that I just heard a story yesterday of someone going on a first date and talking about attachment styles and really asking all these super deep questions and then in real time being like, ah, 
that's not going to work for me because my attachment style is just different than yours. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, what are you doing on this date, man? And so it's just, <laughs> it's crazy when I hear this kind of stuff. I'm just trying to, I think, no way. Like, if, if we're talking about things like that in such a serious manner. Like in a first week? No. Forget the first week, even in the first month. Months. I think it's no, crazy. No, absolutely not. We yeah. were just, we were getting to know each other. You know, we were like accidentally getting to really know each other. And I think like there was such like fun and magic in that because we just got to know each other in like deep ways without really neat. Like, I don't know, like that, that wasn't the intention that we went into it with, but it was like an accidental thing that happened. And I don't know. Like, I think so much of like the fun and games bit, like the chase was the not knowing because I'm also someone who likes to like explore and like taste things before I'm like, you are the one, you know, it's, it's just a lot of pressure. Let's talk more about that because some people right now are like, no, you need to go on a first date and figure out if they have the same morals and values because else you're wasting your time. Why is it okay to waste a little bit of time on the wrong people but doing it in a less intentional robotic way? You know what it is, Steph? So I think the reason people say that is because dating is so exhausting in today. So it's like you're having to go on so many. You have to go dates. on so many dates. You got to vet them through this app and then you got to go meet up with them for dinner. And like if you're doing those types of activities, I think in that case, of course, you're in a rush to optimize this and not not waste your time on a bad date. I just but. I hate that we talk about dating and use it in the same sentence as optimization. It's, yeah. You know, like I'm just sad that this is how things are, because I think that dating is supposed to be fun. And I don't know if it's or. Maybe it is possible, okay? It's probably possible for a lot of people, but for me, I'm a very playful person and I couldn't date, like optimize to date, if that makes sense. And in terms of like values and stuff, I think that there is like a smart way of gauging versus like really going out there and having like a checklist in your mind. Like everyone knows like, okay, like these are the things that are important to me, but there is also a way to find that out. And like, if I have to wait till date three, like, okay, I'll wait till date three. At least it's not like a fucking interview. Yeah, I think that when I was approaching the scene of like, okay, finding someone to even think of a relationship with, for me, I, was, I wasn't looking at it from like a, oh my God, I must find the perfect person immediately. It was, the, the, the idea was, I want to go and have a fun time meeting a lot of people. And I want to go and actually, in fact, make friends who are going to be fun to hang out with. So that was my always my intro into dating. And so I was never kind of, oh my God, I'm going to go find someone and this is the person for me. I was like, I actually want to make friends who I can make, who, whose friends I can meet or, you know, do social things together. And that was always a mindset. It's like, oh, let me go do fun things with other people. And as a result of that, I will go and find more, more fun people to be with essentially. And as a result of that, I'll find a partner for myself. And so really, even as I take a look at this today, because Sif and I just moved to LA very recently, just a couple of months ago, and it's really the same kind of application, even when it comes to making new friends. It's really just when, I, when I'm doing this, I'm like, well, oh my God, I want to make a friend. So let me go and find someone and take them for dinner and see if they meet all my checkboxes for being a friend. It's really the same thing as finding a relationship partner, but just doing it for, you know, dating someone instead. And I think that's crazy. So even to, wrong. Yeah, exactly. So even today when we go and make friends, it's like, okay, well, what are my interests? What I really want to do? 
and let me go and create instances to bring people in a social setting to do similar things that we all love to do. So for us, as an example, we will host a lot of dinners with other entrepreneurs. We will host a lot of, um, we, we will go into each other's offices and help each other do things for either work or for personal life. We will go and um, go for a hike and discuss, you know, other, just other parts of life, forget business, maybe even, okay, how are you dealing with anxiety? How are you dealing with, um, you know, the, the economic climate that we're in, whatever that might be. So basically topics and activities that interest us. And let me see, you know, who we can bring together. And then as a result of this, we meet people to other people's friends and vice versa. And we grow our networks through that kind of way. And as those grow, I've learned that majority of the people you actually don't get along with. And then there's only a few that you really, really like. And that is a process of meeting and connecting with real people that is really good for you and finding your inner circle. And I think that's the exact way you should think of how you're dating and finding the other person as well. I think, Chris, I got it. Yeah. Um, how, I want to ask about the sex component because you started out, I, I think about myself and Jared as an example that we would never be together if it wasn't for sex. Yeah. Like I was looking for a sexual partner at the time and we had great sexual chemistry and I was actually auditioning for his specific role. Like I was looking for a fuck buddy. Yeah. Um, and so if we didn't have that to bond off of, we would never have developed something more. That's in saying though, we didn't go to the same school. So you guys had instances of constantly seeing each other in different lights, even if it wasn't romantic. But do you think the sex component was integral to your relationship building. Yeah. Yeah, it was super, super integral. It was, I think, the, the thing that changed everything. Because if it weren't for that, I think he would have just been like a cute guy in my dorm who I have lunch with in big group settings and go out with once in a while. Yeah, I, I just think that. But what it started off as like, hey, you know, your first date came months later. Maybe it, your first date would have been at a dinner. Um, or going for a hike instead. I don't think we would, it, would we have had a first date had we not had sex. I don't know. I think when it when it came to the sex, it was really about okay. We, I think every person is a certain type of person, and they have a specific type of sexual desire and sexual kind of um, um, height they're able to go to. And with Sif and I, what happened is when we got together, we were able to really expand our uh, like sexual desires to like continuously fulfill each other. And so what I mean by that is, for example, with other sexual partners, they would never just be on the same page or as as much fun, I guess you, you can say, as let's say when it was with Sif and I. And so and I can only say this in retrospect because I don't even I didn't even know how to describe it back then. But when you're with someone and you're experimenting and doing different things and having a lot of fun, you're like, holy crap, this is so much fun. And then it wasn't just like a one-time thing. Because you know, people are like, ah, oh, you had sex once? Yeah, sex not supposed to be good, you know, one time. It's like, we had, even on our very first time having sex, we're like, oh my God, this is so much fun. And then it only, it just kept getting better and better and better and better. And then we're, I hear people talking today about like, oh my God, you know, if, uh, if the guy does not go down on you um, on the first date, then like, He's trash or this and that. And then me and Safe are like, what what kind of people are are these? Like what 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 where are you finding these types of people? Because for Safe and I, we were just like really able to expand on each other's idea of what we wanted to do for sex, as an example. And then it just kept going and going from there. And so that is actually it was such a fun component because obviously 
Okay, for, so wait, are you pro going down on the first date or anti going down on the first date? <laughs> I'm pro. Of course I'm pro. Like, you, like I don't know why, as long line. as the other person's hygienic. Oh, like, you're saying, you know? where are you finding these people who are not? Yeah, yeah are not. like, why are you worried DJ about Khaled? this shit? It's yeah, like, like, what the heck? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And, or like, you know, like, I mean, I, I I don't know what people are doing these days, but like, isn't the whole point to have a lot of fun and like make other person feel really good? And so when you're doing things like that, it's just, it makes it so much fun. But yeah. yeah, but it was like a big component, I think, of what um, like made him such a good match for me, I think, where it was like it was so fun. It was so fun in the bedroom and outside. It's like like his personality in the bedroom is exactly who he is outside as one. You get to learn that about someone when you're like sharing that space and that intimacy, I think, as well. So that told you other things about him through that. Yeah, I think so because we'd we'd start spending more time together on account of that. And I was like, just the more I got to know him, I was like, he has a lot of depth to him too. But I think that had we not had that experience, I, I don't think it would have accelerated how quickly we got to know each other. It also kind of made us push our boundaries a little bit more. So every single time you're like, you know, you'd ask for something more, you'd do something more and it would just really keep things more invigorating in a way where like it would really tell you about what kind of person this is because usually well at least i found that people who are really open and experimental in the bedroom are also quite experimental in life like they're like for example sif is very like um what's the like risk averse risk um open to risk open to risk yeah sorry sorry like she's just really open to risk and as a result of this it's really interesting because you know She's able to do certain things in real life, which are just really, uh, you know, things, for example, that other people would not do. Take, like, this is why we're able to start the business. This is why we're able to drop everything in L.A. and, and or drop everything in Toronto and move to L.A. Um, this is why we're able to book a trip two weeks out from now and then go to Europe or something like that. So just things that are really fun that you can know about someone. And I think that that was an early indication of that, which was hey, like, I'm this kind of person too, so I want to be with someone who would be able to do that. And so that was a really strong building foundation of our relationship. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah I think that what you're even talking about in terms of learning more about each other through sex is somewhat rare only because so many people compartmentalize their sexual self from their real self because they feel shame, they feel guilt. That's why our, our porn is so extreme, right? Like, they always say that if you want to learn what a culture thinks about sex, watch their pornography. And in some countries, porn looks like the person at the grocery store. It looks like <laughs> your aunt and uncle, it looks like normal people. But in America and Canada even, because we are like taught to disconnect ourselves from that, our porn is like huge penises, oh massive boobs. Like it's almost like watching a cosplay, <laughs> like a cartoon is larger than life. So I think a lot of people's authentic self does not make its way into the bedroom. And that's probably more of a flaw of a society than them as a person. But that's why I was like, I don't know if sex is the kickoff point to say like, do we have chemistry or not? Because I may not yeah. even be meeting the real you in a sexual encounter. Yeah, I just, I think that some form of chemistry needs to be there. It's like me as a person is like, I, again, like I, yes, like how hot you are is important in terms of like how like surface level attracted I am to you, but I'm not actually gonna do anything with you until I also am attracted to your personality to a certain extent, right? Like, I think that's what really gives someone an edge. Thank you so much to Nish and to Sif. This is where I would usually tell you where to go to follow them, but they did this so succinctly themselves. We co-founded a company, Array. 
So at array.co, array.com. Um, me personally, I'm Sif Hyder on all platforms. And I'm plenty of niche. Up next, I'm talking with Krizia and Krista, two single women in the dating market today who disagree with the notion that casual is optimal. This perspective was so important for me to include, and I wanted it in there despite the fact that we had some technical issues with this interview. Basically, the microphones cut off, and so we had to use the camera audio. And in order to make it a little cleaner, I ran it through a program to take out the background noise, which makes the conversation sound very digital. Um, but even though the audio is not that great, and I apologize for that, I hope you'll agree that the content is pretty A1. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chrisia. Hey, bitch. Um, well, Chrissy, don't try that, okay? Yeah, I'm honestly, as if you're like, yes, queen. You need your child? Yes, honestly. I'll be here as long as you need. Crazy app, producer of Lovers and Friends, Krista, host of Almost 30 Friends, Single Friends. What did you think? It was like a moment where it was like, I love that for them, but I can't go into a dating dynamic just saying, okay, it's going to eat fuck buddy, and then that's it. Like, I was so intentional. I don't think it would work for it. But was, it wasn't that's it. That's just like, let's just see. But you weren't still in the let's just see energy. I'm about to be 33. I don't have time to let's just see. I just, I really don't. Yeah, I feel like it's weird because me back in the day, I was like so, like it has to be husband. It has to be whatever. Now that I'm divorced, I'm like, I am way more free about what it has to be. Like, I'm like, I like you a lot. Let's see how this goes. But I don't just fuck around vibe. What's the difference? Like, so, for example, the way that Nish was describing a first date, you're just like there. We're having fun and we're just figuring out we're having a fun time. And if I want to see you again, we'll do more fun things like that. I love that. <laughs> what do you think? I think it's the same. I think in dating, I realized, yes, you can't go into it like, OK, this is going to be my husband. However, from the get go, I know if someone's going to be intentional about their dating or they're just open dating to have fun um, it i think it worked for them because also they were in their 20s so it's you're in a different life path i just feel like i'm ready was there some sound advice from that that you're like oh that's something that i never thought i couldn't be into but maybe that's a way of going about this soon i think they they could just really it sounded very not young even in age but very young and carefree like going with the flow having fun and i think they even said it when you're meeting a friend you're not thinking is this going to be a friend for 10 years or is this going to be a friend for the moment so i really like that they kind of compared it to friendships and taking that pressure off i really like that lesson from them but also love that for them love that for them it worked for that and i'm about to be 33 i want kids it <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that too. What I've realized as I've gotten older, especially again post-divorce, it's like I've been thinking a lot about the vows that I made in um, at our marriage and just how serious what I'm saying is and how forever-based it is. I'm going to be with you forever. Or you're going to be my person forever. Or this is us forever. And just how like constraining that sort of is in keeping that person in our relationship in this specific way. 
And now since we've been divorced, it's like, I feel like we love each other more because we've allowed each other to be exactly who we are. We're no longer trying to change each other. We're no longer trying to fix each other. We're no longer trying to force each other to be in this box of marriage that we were in. And so it's really made me think about freedom and like the expectations I have in a relationship. So I really thought about when they were talking, just how I love the perspective of being more fluid about how you approach situations, circumstances. And that's why I think a lot of people meet people not through um, or some of the best relationships are happen naturally and organically because you're not having the expectation where if you want to date a gap against somebody doing it hard because you're like, I need to meet my person. I need to meet my soulmate rather than you meet them randomly at a party or randomly out. And you're like, oh, I had no idea that I would meet this person and I'm getting to understand and exchange energy with here and see what happens. But I know, I think the thing about it is I know right away if there's a spark or not. I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah. Where I'm like, I can meet a man immediately. I'm like friend zoned. Goodbye. You're never having access to my sexual energy. Or if I meet a man and I'm like, yo, this is something that I really want to explore. Yeah, I agree. That's where I'm at too. Like I'm going into it very intentional and I just right off the bat know, are we aligned into what we want, which is a family as well? Fun is a foundational part of our relationship. But I think when you meet someone too that fucks with you, like a man, and they're like, they're into it. They're also going to lead in that where you're not like, I need to have a family. Are you down? Because I don't want to be controlling. That's not an energy I want to be in where it's like, hey, are you down with families or not? Right away on the first date. But I do want to be intentional about this is something I desire in my life. If we jive enough for that experience, I want to move towards that. And that's why I wanted to have you guys on because Virgin there was a little bit of... Um, like the echo chamber happening because I have their experience, they have my experience and it's all worked out. So in hindsight bias, be relaxed and not directional, but intentional, which I think is kind of different. Intentional is like, I'm going to get there. Directional is like, is it worth going? So yeah, it was like, I'm going to get there. Whether it's with you or somebody else or eventually I'm going to get there. So I don't have to put this repeatedness on it. And I think that that's important in my journey in particular, because I didn't even know that I wanted certain things until I unlocked different feelings. So I didn't know I wanted kids until I was in a loving dynamic where I'm like, this makes sense to extend to a family. So we would never have gone on a second date, Crazia, because I couldn't have met you, but I'm a great mom. We have amazing children together. So you would have canceled me out before we even had the potential of getting there. For someone that is older and wants a family, it is a little bit different of a dynamic it feels like or I perceive it to feel like where you're like oh I have this greater intention that involves another person that if I suck around I'm not going to be able to get there because of the clock but first figure it out later yeah no or that's just it's just three it sounds great but I can't like I can't even like kiss I'm like if someone like tries to I have such a my field is so I'm so specific about who I share energy with and who I share space with and who I have in my life. If I don't want to have like coffee with you for longer than two hours, I would never have sex with you. I would never, I, I have when I was younger and I think that was something that was really didn't feel good for me at all to have sex with people um, soon and early. And so ever since that, I'm like, I never want to do that again. Like it's very specific and special to be close to me and intimate in my field especially physically so i can never fuck someone and then just figure it out realistically i want to dedicate my time to things that i know will bring me some long-term you know 
recurrent of infections. <laughs> <of the money. laughs> um, so I, yeah, it sounds great, but it just doesn't align with my goals that I have for the next few years. And plus there's the plethora of sex toys that can satisfy me. So I'm just, I'm intentional with my time, who I allow in my space in all, like in all meaning. And I just, I don't, I don't see myself doing that in me. That's where I kind of just feel like that free flowingness does create more opportunities to be surprised. Yeah, 100%. And I don't relate to that saying that, well, when you meet the right person, you just know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's very you. Yeah. I love you. You're like just, you take up time to warm up. People don't know. But you guys both attest to the I know. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I know at least if I want to invest my time in that. Field. Yeah. If, if I feel like it's not going to go anywhere, yeah, I'll know either way. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you think there's any benefit? And I I mean, I would look for you. <laughs> so just having multiple compartmentalized relationships that takes the pressure off of each new person we meet to see if they're the one. Because then you've got so many different people. And then I think the biggest hack when it comes to dating isn't so much trying to find the right person, but putting yourself in positions to be the best version of yourself mm-hmm. in a high stakes environment. So it's like, it's already, like, that's what job interviews, right? How do I show up as my coolest, most relaxed, intelligent, vibrant version of myself in an environment that naturally is very stressful? So how do you do that in dating? And I'm asked this a genuine question because the way that I did that was through having many options. So I never felt like one person was like my C. I'm just like, I'm seeing what a bunch of people... And if you pop off and be something exciting, cool. I'll explore that. If you don't, it's all right. I got other people. Um, so how do you bring that energy without spreading your energy? Mm-hmm. I was just talking to her about that, like the circular dating. And it's never anything that I've been able to do successfully because... What is circularity? It's just c- kind of keeping people on a roster, I guess. You're just continuously going on dates with people and determining it this versus five or not but it really helps in your they say it really helps in your attachment so if you're anxious atta- attachment and you have a five red at your opinion the way i'll date it's really helpful but it just hasn't worked because if i like something i i get really focused on it and i want to put my entire intention and attention toward it i don't know i yeah i just wouldn't be able to i guess spread my energy and all that way and then sort of like how am I with them how are they with me what's their story like I just go too deep with people on my relationships this is giving me a lovely aha which is why I love doing these because I think that that's a big part of alignment I align with casualness yeah some people align with intensely yes and an intense person will align with another intense person yes and that's where the magical happens yes I'm intense you're casual yeah we work but you, I, I thought you were casual. Literally, and I make myself casual for you. I adjust to be casual for you. I'm like, where's she at? I'm like, totally. <laughs> oh, you're not coming. Okay. Yeah, I was like, she's not an answer. It's like, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but 
yeah, it's I can adjust basically. Shout out to my friends. Please go and follow Krizia, the producer on Lovers and Friends, a great person to reach out to if you have feedback on the show or want to pitch yourself as a guest. Her name is Krizia Cruz, and you can find her at K-R-I-Z-I-A-C-R-U-Z underscore on Instagram. You can also follow Krista on Instagram at at it's Krista, I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-A. Listen to her podcast, Almost 30. It's a huge hit. They have a book coming out soon. Lots of fun stuff and definitely great reasons to stay tapped in with our girl. Speaking of tapping in, this is me giving a round of applause. Is that a tap? I'm not sure. To everybody who rate and reviewed last week, I'm going to read a couple and then I want to talk about my final reflections for this episode. So let's go. Kimia or Kimaya, or I said it hella wrong altogether. Please correct me, but I love that you put your name. Said that they love the podcast. I can always feel the love, the effort, transparency that Shane pours into her episodes. And I always feel like a better lover and a better friend having listened to it. That tasted good. Thank you so much. Sandy said, this is sex education, baby. Shan, thank you for all that you do. I love your content. I'm 55 years young and still learning. I felt shame as I hadn't wrote my review yet. So just know that guilt and repetition works. Yeah. The rest of y'all who haven't done it like our girl has, get to it. Please. That would mean a lot to me. Speaking of meaning a lot to me, I want to talk about why after careful consideration of all the perspectives included, and the purpose of the third segment really is to provide a perspective shift, which I did have towards the end. I was like, wow, maybe it makes sense that intensity uh, matches with intensity and casual goes with casual. So everyone just stayed the exact same. But I reflected on it some more and I was like, I don't think so. I think I'm still going to double down on my initial advice. I genuinely think that it is worth the effort to try to get more casual. I was actually editing an episode coming out the next couple of weeks, and Rick inadvertently gave the same endorsement, so I thought I would throw that in here too. Do you have uh, long-term goals in mind? Um, For like a love life? Yeah. Not really. I kind of feel like those things just happen. Like I've never looked. You've known me for a long time. Before yeah. that relationship... Do you remember me looking for a girl? There were girls I was talking to. I'm like, oh, this might be something. But I was never like, wow, I need to find a woman. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it just kind of happens when it's supposed to happen. It's interesting because I had a conversation with a couple who started out as friends of benefits as Jared and I did. And that was kind of the premise of what we were discussing. Like, just having an ease and a flow with things. Like, you can have a vision in mind that's an ideal yeah but there's so much out of your control between that and that vision so like why get so stressed out about trying to push something that way yeah. just be a good person try to meet cool people and then see where the math adds up to yeah i do want to be clear i am not promoting fucking first and figuring it out later as a copy and paste rinse and repeat method for all your religious beliefs your morals your values, your commitment to your health holistically, and the way that some people genuinely form optimal connections is just not set up for that kind of flow. What I do want to double down on, though, is the idea of slow love strategies. And slow love strategies are ways that you delay making intense decisions on minimal information on the partners you meet. And our brains, because we are pair bonders, is almost designed for fast love. Your brain wants to be in long-term, serious, committed relationships with people that we feel we can rely on for safety, 
and for fitness and other big goals that we have. So I do think that if you don't have a lot of options or you're not enlisting strategies for slow love, you can get wrapped up in people very rapidly. And not only does that disallow you the opportunity of seeing what's out there and getting to know multiple people to find you're close to as best fit as possible. I think it also disallows you the benefits of getting to know different parts of yourself through diverse kinds of relationships. I do think the diversity element is important. Um, when I was dating, some people I met with and I just, my litmus test was how can we have fun together and what environments and structures bring out the best in us. And sometimes the answer was nothing. Like I really just couldn't see a pathway to enjoyment with that person. And so I removed them. Some people, I didn't see them as escalator material, but I was like, I enjoyed this conversation. So let's go for lunch once in a while. Some people, it was like, hey, maybe there's a work relationship. Others, it was like, I think you'd be great for a friend of mine. And some, yes, I had sex with them. Um, so that to me just allowed me to get more time with people and to find out our flow and to have fun and enjoyment with each other. And through that slow love structure that I figured out for me, I was able to find my person and enjoy the process. So I do, I, I think that there is some merit to that. And I want to go back to what I was saying too, because the timing piece is also really important because sometimes you don't know that you want something until you're already having it. Right. Like there are some things in life that we have as milestones and goals and long term relationships is that for many people. But if you've never really been in a positive, communal, healthy, flexible, adaptive, evolving relationship before, you may not know that you want that. And if I and Jared were only looking for long term love, we wouldn't have met. So that's why I want to reread a caption I read on another episode. This is what I put on my wedding photo with Jared when um we got married. So they say when you meet the right person, you just know. And I have to admit, when I met Jared in 2015, I absolutely did not. I was fresh off of a bad breakup, looking to get to know myself and other people in the process. Jared was pretty much in the same spot and told me day one, I don't want this to be anything more than what it is in the moment. So we had an agreement and alignment. And as a result, we built a connection with one principle. As long as it is fun, it's fine. But when it's not, well, never mind. But the crazy thing was, the good times just didn't seem to run out. So after a year of casually hooking up, we had to admit we'd stumbled upon something worth naming. And then, two years after that, I'm changing mine to match his. I share this to let you know that there is no right way to find yourself in your greatest love story. So my advice, even though you're not asking, is... If you're in a place with someone that fully feels good but looks foreign, don't be in such a rush to get back home to what's familiar. You might just be in the process of creating a new one. And that is my final argument for imploring strategies of slow love, like friends with benefits first, like being platonic friends first, like dating multiple people at once casually for a period of time before making a decision to move on more exclusively with one. Other strategies I would love to hear. And I would also love to hear arguments on why this is bullshit advice. Arguments on why it didn't work for you. Intense people, stand up. Let me know. I want to hear you. Um, I also, of course, want to hear you in the rate and review section. But I already mentioned that. So I'll just breeze past it and say, yeah, let's chat some more next week. Can't wait to read and uh, connect and hear from you. This is going to be a fun one. Bye, lovers. Bye, friends. I don't know why I'm putting bunny quotes. I just don't know how to end this thing. So it's the peace sign. That's what it was. This was intentional. No, 
It wasn't. It was casual. And it just turned into, just turned into the right thing. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I say, Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment Shan Boudram. It is produced by Shan and Crazy Cruz with production support from Two West Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on all of our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audio Boom and made possible by our incredible sponsors, who you can show some love to by reading the show notes. Thank you, and see you next week. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.